What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today I got another fresh idea, fresh video for you guys. I feel like this is something that's really new that I've been looking into, which is wide receiver archetypes. I was talking about two or three videos ago where I, I was saying fade the back end of this first round of this rookie draft because it's all beta wide receivers. We want alphas. The thing is, though, we would look, all look like some fucking idiots if we all just went right down the board alpha, 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 because that's not how that works. You know, plenty of big wide receivers that suck. You know, Devin Funches wasn't great. Calvin Benjamin wasn't great. Doriel Green Beckham wasn't great. Stephen Hill on the Jets wasn't great. So I could go on and on and on. But at a certain point, you have to draft a beta. So I wanted to look today at what kind of betas we want to be targeting. And that's all I'm going to say for now, fellas. Lego. All she needed was some. 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 Before we get any deeper into this video, man, make sure if at any point in time during this video you're fucking with the content, you're fucking with the big facts we're spitting on this channel, make sure you go down below, subscribe, and leave a like. It really helps out the channel, really helps out, us out on the algorithm. And if you're fucking with the content and you want to see more of my videos, subscribing and turning the bell on is the main way to see more. So let me recap the video that I made a couple days ago because I know it only has like 700, 800 views. So everybody that's watching this hasn't seen that video. In fantasy football, we want alphas. Alphas eat first. The big wide receivers, they have the most upside, they get the most targets, they score the most fantasy points. The alpha definition, that's going to be wide receivers that are 5'11 plus, 195 plus pounds, 26 plus BMI. We want those thick boys, those big boys. And some of you guys out there might be saying, well, upside isn't everything in fantasy football. And that wide receiver, I really think it is. The, the, the disparity between like the top 12 wide receivers and the next wide receivers after that, wide receiver 12 to like 36 are super replaceable. I did the research on that video. The difference between the average top six wide receiver and the wide receiver 12, Tyler Lockett in 2020, was 3.8 points per game. That doesn't seem like a lot, but that same 3.8 points per game advantage you're getting with those top six wide receivers is the same gap between wide receiver 12, Tyler Lockett, and Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 37. So those those wide receivers 12 through 37 are pretty replaceable wide receiver two to wide receiver three they're all around the same range and the only way you're winning fantasy weeks is by getting the wide receivers that make a difference those top six top 12 guys then i dove a little deeper the average top six wide receiver which is what we want scores about 20 points per game on average since 2013 there have only been 14 wide receivers to meet that 20 point per game threshold 12 out of 14 of them most of them looked like alphas michael thomas julio jones d hop big wide receivers you get the picture but we had Two out of 14 not be alphas. And those two were Tyree Kill and Antonio Brown. And those guys look very similar. I want to put a disclaimer out there. I'm always looking for alphas. I love alphas, but we can't always just draft alphas. So I wanted to figure out what kind of betas are the right ones to draft and have the most upside. I was looking at Antonio Brown and Tyree Kill. I was like, I was like, wait a minute, fellas. Like these guys are the same, the same fucking dude. They're small, compact, dynamic players. And what I mean by dynamic, I mean, in college, they contributed on special teams and rushing. You know, they can, they're not just wide receivers in the slot. They're not just wide receivers on the outside. They return punts. They return kicks. They rush the ball. And this is good because that gives them more opportunity, more targets. And when you're not an alpha, you need ho however many ways you can to get touches. And not only touches, but be dynamic enough to be efficient on those touches to score big. And the way that I can quantify this is the breakout finder. It has a score for this. So it takes into account the special teams yardage, the rushing yardage, and it spits out a dynamic score. Antonio Brown has a top 12 dynamic score all time since 2001 at 87.4. Tyree Kill still is an elite score at 55.7. So like I said, these guys are really similar. They're very dynamic. They're small, compact. They're athletic. So I wanted to know if this archetype doesn't mean anything or is it a coincidence? Let's go back to the ceiling argument. We want these wide receivers to score a lot. So if we're, they're not going to have top six wide receiver seasons, these betas, we want top 12 seasons. So I went back all the way to 2009. Before that, it was pretty much just big wide receivers. Since 2009, there have been 19 betas to finish top 12 in points per game in a fantasy season. A majority of these guys, they looked like they're Tyree Kill, Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Randall Cobb, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cook, Steve Smith. There's a clear type here. They're compact. They're dynamic. 
they're not just slot wide receivers. They're more than that. They can play on the outside. They can be deep threats. They can get targets in the slot. They can run the ball out of the backfield. They're, they can truly be used anywhere. So that whole group, that whole archetype, that's when I came up with the, the definition for what I'm going to call dynamic beta. We're going to have betas, and then we're going to split them off into dynamic betas and static betas. Dynamic betas are the ones that look like Antonio Brown. So their dynamic score has to be 10 or more. Their height has to be between 5'9 and 5'11. Their weight has to be more than 175 pounds, and their BMI has to be above 25. Of those 19 wide receivers that, that finished top 12, 14 out of 19 fall into this category. So how did I come to this definition? The way that I was looking at it, I basically had those 19 wide receivers in a spreadsheet and I was just looking around trying to group them. And the first thing I did, I ordered it by dynamic score. And the ones that had their dynamic score of 10 or more, all like the type that we want, you know, those small compact wide receivers. You might say 10 is a really low threshold, but of the 99 betas that I researched that have been drafted since 2013, half of them had a dynamic score below 10. So it's about 50-50 of below 10 and above 10. And I'm much more concerned about that 10 plus threshold more than anything else because I, I looked at the at the ones that had super high dynamic scores and I, I checked the correlation. It, it's not that predictive. It's just that it's just a threshold. You want it to be more than 10. If a guy that has 11 and another guy has like 120, it doesn't really matter. And of the guys that had a dynamic score of 10 or more, they all had that same small compact build, that 5'9 to 5'11 build, 175 pounds plus, BMI of 25 or more. And it makes sense. You have to be big enough to be able to sustain that target workload, to be able to have enough targets to finish in the top 12, and also be able to win on the outside and the inside. You can't just be a one-dimensional player. And the only one that didn't fit that had 10 or more uh, dynamic score was Adam Thielen. And I didn't want to put Adam Thielen in because I feel like I feel like it would broaden the archetype. You know, he doesn't look like Tyree Kill and Antonio Brown. He looks like his own thing. And maybe I'll dive into that eventually, but I don't think it's that. I don't think there's much behind it. He was the only one of, there was 15 players out of the 19 with a dynamic score of 10 or more. And Adam Thielen stuck out. I don't really want to include Robbie Anderson, DJ Chark, DD Westbrook in there. I would call them skinny betas with 10 plus dynamic score. They're, they don't really have wide receiver one upside to me. I know that Adam Thielen did it, but Robbie Anderson, DJ Chark, DD Westbrook are like the next guys in that same tier. I wouldn't say that they have that type of upside. They don't have that Antonio Brown look to them, so I left Thielen out. So here's the conclusions we can come to. Of the 19 wide receivers with top 12 seasons since 2009, 74% of them were dynamic beta. So clearly you want to shoot for these kinds of betas if you want to hit a top 12 wide receiver season from a non-alpha. So we get it. Most of the guys that hit their ceiling of that top 12 wide receiver season, they are dynamic beta. So from there, I took the 99 betas drafted since 2013 in Player Profilers database and went to work in those Google Sheets, boys. I know some of you guys are out there getting dirty in the real sheets on a Friday. I'm out here in the Google Sheets, fellas. So I listed their size, their dynamic scores, points per game through their first two seasons to get a sense of their floor production in their early seasons, and I went to work. And then this is kind of where I fine-tune the definition of, of what's a dynamic beta. You know, I was playing around with the weight, BMI, height, and nothing created as much of a gap as the de definition that I came to. So 10 or more dynamic score, 5'9 to 5'11, 175 pounds or more, 25 or more BMI. I know that uh, there were a lot of guys that I wanted to fit into that the conversation. I would love to fit in CeeDee Lamb. I would have loved to fit in uh, Rondale Moore. But once you add that the height, you add the lower height, you start to include guys that don't hit. You know, Marquise Brown, JJ Nelson. These are guys that have that look of a, a really small dynamic beta, but they don't end up to be anything. So after we came to the conclusion with our new definition of the 99 wide receivers that I tested, 24% of the crop fit into the dynamic beta definition. Now think about this. If dynamic betas only represent 24% of the betas in total, yet of the ones that reached their ceiling, they represent 74% of those betas, then that's where we have a clear advantage. But that's when we're talking about ceiling. Let's, let's see, do they also offer that floor. Check this chart out real quick. Dynamic betas in their first two seasons, of the NFL score on average 6.2 points per game. Static betas. So these are wide receivers that don't hit the dynamic definition, only scored 4.67 on average. This is only a 1.53 point per game difference, but that means dynamic betas score 32% more than static betas in their first two seasons on average. That's a big advantage you're getting at the floor. And you guys know the type of advantage we're getting at the top. Dynamic betas are 2.8 times more likely to finish in the top 12 in PPR scoring. So fellas, breathe it in with me. Let it marinate. 
it's safe to say dynamic betas are safer assets with a better chance to hit a top 12 season than static betas. Dynamic betas should be the beta wide receivers that we're targeting. So now you just digested all that information. You're like, Ron, what the fuck am I going to do with this? I don't know who the dynamic betas are. I don't even know who the betas are in this draft class. Let me break it down for you. The top three dynamic betas per ADP in this draft class, Jalen Waddle, Elijah Moore, and Kadarius Tony. And it makes sense. These guys all, they have that 5'11 to 5'9 compact build. They look like an Antonio Brown, look like a Tyree kill. And I'm not projecting them to be that. But we've seen, they don't have to even have to be that to hit a top 12 season. There's Brandon Cooks, there's Deshaun Jackson, there's Percy Harvin, there's Tyler Lockett, there's Santana Moss. There's a bunch of guys that look the part and they all get involved in more way than one. They're not just deep threats. And on top of that, they're all very athletic at the combine. So they all, they can be deep threats. They can be in the slot. They can take catches. They can take rushes. They can take punts and kicks. They're super dynamic players and they have that ceiling. They have that dynamic beta ceiling where they can hit an Antonio Brown, a Tyree Kill season. And my favorite sleeper of this draft that hits a dynamic beta threshold is Kay Johnson. I'm not saying he's going to be that next Antonio Brown, but we're talking day two, day three guy out of a small school, South Dakota State. He has a dynamic beta build. He could be the next Antonio Brown, but if not, the next poster boy that I'll say for dynamic betas that isn't Antonio Brown is a guy like Deontay Johnson. I think Cade Johnson can easily be the next Deontay Johnson out of a small school, day two, day three guy. He looks the part of that kind of player. Now, the last thing I'll say about dynamic betas is I had a lot of fun researching this, but don't go head over your heels with it. Don't, I, I wouldn't say that you should be drafting alpha, alpha, alpha. Then once all the alphas are on dynamic beta, dynamic beta, dynamic beta, have some nuance with this. All right. I'll definitely use a dynamic beta archetype as something that influences my rankings between betas in the same tier, but I, I'm not going to elevate Kadarius Tony all the way into my tier one because he's now a dynamic beta. So if you need to like, let's say you're really close between Jalen Waddle and Rondale Moore and you know, Jalen Waddle is a dynamic beta. In that case, I would put Jalen Waddle ahead. You get what I'm saying? It's something that's a tiebreaker. That's something that's between tiers if you want to order it that way, but don't be jumping up dynamic betas. Like Kay Johnson shouldn't be in your top 12 wide receivers because he's a dynamic beta. If you made it this far, man, I appreciate it. If you enjoyed the video, if you enjoyed the dynamic beta topic, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like and comment. Let me know. I want to hear from you guys. Do you guys think that this is a, a solid theory? Is it something that you're going to be using in your draft process? Is, does the dynamic beta theory make sense to you guys? Does it click? Does it sound like something that's going to give us an advantage in fantasy? Let me know down below. Let me know what your thoughts are on it. Also, I'm going to be having a written thread on this on Twitter very soon. So make sure you follow me at Ron Store underscore on Twitter. And I'm going to have a new tab on the Discord uh, that's going to have all of my Twitter threads that I've ever written. Usually I just take my outlines from my videos and I write a Twitter thread on them so to make a little mini article for you guys. So if you want access to that or if you want uh, access to our group chat, our mock drafts, any of our subscriber leads, make sure you go down below in the top of the description, join the Discord down there. And while you're at it, my Patreon's right underneath. So if you want this list of dynamic betas, I'm going to have that on there too. If you want the list of dynamic betas, if you want any of this research, if you want the Google Sheets that I worked on for this project, that's all going to be in the Patreon down below. And as always, man, I'll see you guys in the next one. All she needed was some. 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 All she needed was some.